Hi ladies, welcome back to the She Plans Her Future podcast, the girl talk business podcast for the everyday woman wanted to enter the entrepreneurial space. With me, I'm Adair, founder of She Plans Her Future. We are a community of bosses that are growing together, uplifting one another and manifesting seven-figure businesses. So girl, why not join us part as a family? Because right here, we believe it's about time us women had it all. So stay tuned. Hi everyone, so welcome back to the Shoe Plans for Future podcast and I'm excited that I have a guest joining me today and her name is Denise Parkinson. I've actually worked with Denise Parkinson and she's just been such a role model in terms of film and media so I'm excited to have her as a guest speaker on my podcast and she's currently working um, as a global entertainment director for OneFootball. She has more than 20 years in experience in all spectrum aspects of marketing and distribution in the British and international film distribution industry. She began her career at the Legacy Palace Pictures, followed by the roles at United Pictures, and more than a decade as a head of film at EMAP. Other roles include Director of International Marketing for Europe, the Middle East and Africa for Disney, ABC and ESPN, the Global Entertainment Director for for Yahoo, and she also briefly worked at the Telegraph Media Group. So welcome, Denise. Hi, Ayo. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, an honor to be on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I've been wanted to reschedule everything with you to be joined on our podcast because I was excited with the knowledge that you had and the experience that you've had. And I believe more people need to know more about the film media industry as well. It's, it's changing all the time, and especially now under COVID. It's um, a very fluid landscape, and there's lots of changes on the corporate end, on the business end, and how content and entertainment is consumed. Yeah, no, I think from even my short media career, five years, I've seen the changes that we've gone through regarding print and how everything is so um, digital now, digital-led, especially from last year. So the media landscape is forever changing. Um, The first question I really want to ask you and for the people that are interested in learning more about you is where did your media career begin and where did your love of film come from? Well, my love of film came from a very young age. I was one of those kids that was kind of brought up in front of the TV set, really. I was plumped down there in front of that babysitter. And uh, this is the days of black and white TV. But I just loved movies, you know, from a very, very young age. I remember just being enamored with them, um, watching them and engaging with them. And um, we used to get a lot of reruns of old movies that, you know, had played maybe years ago in the cinema and then were, you know, eventually found their way to TV. Yeah. And um, I just remember knowing at a very young age, I just loved this medium. I loved movies, um, loved watching them and became one of those geeky kids that could name, you know, every movie star and name films and where they were, what year they were made, where they were made, what studio made them so on and so forth. So I, I knew it was an area I really desperately wanted to work in. I've never actually asked you this, but um, do you have a favorite movie or film? I have a lot because it's <laughs> so hard to you know say, and I put them under sort of you know, different genres, like favorite yeah. horror film, favorite rom-com, stuff like that. But I do love um, 
for some reason, Italian directors. I love Bernardo Bertolucci. Um, I love his movie 1900 or The Last Emperor. I love Martin Scorsese. I love Francis Ford Coppola. I think Apocalypse Now is definitely one of my all-time favorite films. Okay. Uh, you know what? I oh, The other day, I recently watched Crazy Rich Asians, and I remember the hype about it probably like a year ago, and I never actually watched it. But I watched it two days ago, and I thought, this is like my new favorite film. How has it taken me this long to watch it? I just love the story. I love the cinematography. I think maybe because it's filmed in Singapore, and Singapore is just so beautiful as well. So that was like literally my favorite movie I've watched so far this year, even though we are in January. <laughs> well, firstly, that film was a real game changer for Warner Brothers, who um, funded that and distributed it, because it showed that you could take films of different culture and different actors and make them work globally in different markets. Yeah. And it did phenomenally well. And it's just a, a universal story. It's really fun. Everyone kind of relates to it. Maybe not in the crazy rich Asian money <laughs> that they have, but you know, at the end of the day, everyone relates to romance in some way. Um, but my job as a marketeer is to get you not to watch that now, but it would have been to get you to watch that the opening weekend and bought a ticket and gone with your girlfriends to the cinema to see it. It's great that you've eventually seen it, probably on a premium VOD platform. Yes, um, Amazon Prime. But yeah, yeah. And it's great that it eventually has made its way to you. But always, you know, the pot of gold is getting everyone to go opening weekend and see it. And then ideally, you'd eventually want to own it or download it again because you enjoyed it so much yeah exactly and I think that is mainly the hype because I actually really enjoy going to the cinema and I love film I love normally I'm the type of person that would really want to go to the cinema and it's finding people that really love movies as well to go with that's what I love um so I'm all about film and entertainment and also just seeing new release films as well especially genres that you wouldn't really typically go and watch I think I've learned that I have to be quite open in what I'm watching. You might, um, when I grew up, I love a bit of thriller, but I also love action. And I think from watching Crazy Rich Asians, like maybe I do want to tap into the romantic side of film. So um, I think I'm um, going to see different films has actually helped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love all movies. You know, I love all genres. Um, and then all the, you know, the other genres, because, you know, there's the mainstream ones, action, thriller, horror, yeah. rom-com. Um, but then there's the subgenres like the buddy movie, the road movie. Fish Out of Water is one of my favorite genres. It's my friend Paul Brett's favorite genre and who uh, is the producer of The King's Speech. I'll just name drop him. Uh -huh. But um, that it's always, uh, Fish Out of Water is always a really interesting one and goes back you know, as since movies first started, you know, if you think of uh, films like Private Benjamin, for example, that's a classic fish out of water story. Yeah, I, I think we can be here all day taking about, talking about films so much because it's such a diverse around of films that we can actually watch all the time. But the one question I do want to ask you, because when I worked with you um, previously at um, World TI Media Now Future, um, you worked on a great partnership um, called Military Wives, but I really wanted to find out what was the best partnership you've worked on so far? I've worked on so many incredible partnerships and they go back a long time because I've had a long career. Um, 
I mean, two of my favorite all-time partnerships, because I was for five and a half years at the Telegraph, and they were both with the Telegraph. One was Spectre for Bond, wow. um, which was phenomenal. It was phenomenal in every way. Um, the revenue was great that we brought into the Telegraph, but we had unlimited access to all sorts of content. We created so much content. We we were owned by Bond for a month. So every day when you went into the newspaper, when you went online, when you went into the app, there was a piece of Spectre content that we produced. Um, and then it all ended, you know, with a big penultimate event of live streaming the premiere and getting, you know, exclusive views on that, attending the premiere. So that's probably one of my most favorite campaigns. And another one was the Star Wars, wow. Last Jedi, which uh, I, you know, I love Star Wars. I grew up with Star Wars. And that was really cool to work on all the exclusive content again we got for the Telegraph for those campaigns. I think you also mentioned in premieres, and that follows on to my next question, and um, what are the best parts of walking in fi- working in film media? And one, I guess, it is the premieres and all the access that you do have too. The perks are phenomenal. They're unbelievable. And I feel like I've never had to grow up in my job. Like I still get to be I'm a kid in a candy store. Um, yeah, I mean, getting to go to these incredible premieres, walk the red carpet, see the talent, uh, go to phenomenal parties after, I mean, the things I've seen and done, I, I can't even begin to, I don't know where to begin. Um, I just feel so privileged and so blessed and super lucky to have, have been able to have access to all of this. And I think from like memorable moments and whether it be in your career by working on partnerships or attending events or from work, um, what's been like a memorable moment that you think like, wow, I cannot believe I'm here or I cannot believe that I did this? That's easy. That's when I got to go to the Cannes Film Festival and I got tickets for Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the world premiere at the Cannes Film Festival. And that was like gold dust. You could not get those tickets. Um, The good folks at Sony Pictures sorted me out. And um, I couldn't believe I was there. It was like the greatest, one of the greatest nights and going to the after party and sitting just feet away from Quentin Tarantino, who was holding court with Robert Rodriguez. And uh, just that was probably one of the best things I've ever been to. I think what's great is that you get access to so many different types of events and film premieres and I'm sure that it's built your network and it just follows into my next question about building a network in the film industry. If someone is young in the film industry or is changing their career and they're looking to actually get into this industry, what are some of the tips on actually building your network with people? Well, the film industry is huge. When you say that, it encompasses so much because there's production. Um, which is, you know, kind of the we build it end of it, that doesn't really change. So, you know, there's camera work, um, producing, uh, you could be a grip, you could be a hairdresser, uh, you could be a location scout. So there's all that kind of stuff. And then there is the distribution end, which is getting the content onto platforms or into cinemas. Um, I've been lucky I've got to work in that distribution end. And then from that I was able to segue my career into media owner, utilizing my contacts I made when I was in distribution. 
I've worked for the Walt Disney Company, um, UIP, which was MGM, Universal and Paramount. Um, but no matter what, cultivate contacts, make contacts, keep contacts, don't burn any bridges, keep in touch with people. Um, you know, you and I work together. I haven't physically seen you in almost a year. I know. No. But, you know, we keep in touch, whether it's just dropping a little text or liking an Instagram picture or something. It's, it's about maintaining um, and cultivating those contacts. Yes, I think it's really important, the power of connections and actually building relationships. Because I always believe that whether you're actually moving your career or moving to another job, you're always going to want to have relationships in that industry because you never know where you're going to end up and I think it's important to actually build like genuine friendships with people that look out for each other and just have each other's support. Yeah absolutely and this year has been a really good example of that because we've all seen on LinkedIn people who have lost their jobs yeah. um, going through challenging times and I think the thing that's come out of that is everybody has been super supportive like you know recommending people endorsing yeah. people connecting people you know just being good because one day it could be you yeah of course absolutely um so when um i think maybe when i first met you in this in the second week or when you joined and we were talking about different types of film documentary and i actually didn't know that you were a bafta judge and i really just want to ask like what's the most enjoyable thing about being a bafta judge getting to just watch thousands of movies before they go on to platforms or before they, they hit the cinemas. And this year has just been great because it's been a lifesaver as we've had lockdown here in the UK, um, just to be able to watch these incredible movies every night and go to somewhere amazing. You know, if you're watching like White Tiger on Netflix, you're going to India or, um, I just watched a film land with Robin Wright where she goes to the mountains of Wyoming. And so every night you're having an adventure and getting to watch these incredible films. The hardest part is trying to then whittle it down to what films will be on your shortlist because yeah. they're all really good. Every year they're good. Every year you don't think it can get better and it does. I think what I've been seeing when I see you on social media, I see you having like a nice hamper, whether it's Netflix and you're just enjoying the movie. And I just think you're just living the life. <laughs> um, I was well, gonna I am living the life because it's my life that I love. Yeah. Um, which is, is movies. It's, you know, some people, they might not want to watch, you know, yeah. thousands of movies you know, every year. I, I really do. But I don't get to watch that many TV shows and other things. So I'm a little bit short on the water cooler conversation when it comes to, oh, did you watch that last night? Because it's for me, it's all about movies. Yeah, <laughs> there is just, just so much to watch. And my other question was um, regarding Khan. Oh, by the way, it's at Tiger King. I did, I did have a guilty pleasure and watched Tiger King. <laughs> I think even I'm currently watching Bling... Is it called Bling Empire on Netflix? It's kind of like the crazy rich Asians, but more reality. And that's very, very interesting. And like, I'm very big on like trying to understand different people's cultures. So when something comes up from another culture of mine, I'm very into just learning more about it. So that's what I just currently started binge watching, which I love. 
So last year, we were all in lockdown um, nationwide while global close of everything. And Cannes wasn't this year. But I think how many times have you been to Cannes? And what, are, you, are you looking to make that a yearly thing? Well, I, I go every year. I've been going for 25 years Amazing. and um, never get bored of it. Always love it. There was one year, there was only one year I didn't go. And it's because it clashed with an event that I was doing where Will Smith came to the Yahoo offices. Well, you and I got to meet Will and give him a <laughs> tour of the Yahoo offices. So I thought, no, you know what? I'm going to give cannabis this year because this is oh, Will Smith. Oh, I think I would do the same thing. <laughs> one of the nicest guys. I've got to meet a lot of talent, and he is one of the nicest, along with Tom Cruise. Oh, wow. Do you know what? Um, I think... I think Will Smith is to a lot of people just a lot of nostalgia. I think because a lot of people grew up with him and to see him be so young and fresh prince and grow up and to being a father, it's kind of like, I kind of grew up with you in a way. <laughs> but and his his um, messaging, he's such a positive person and he has such an amazing philosophy on life that um, he's just, he's a great person to listen to and to, you know, I love following him on social media for what he's going to say. He's, Grown is this incredibly wise man. Yeah, and I love their family too as well. I love Jada and I watch her Red Table talk on, <laughs> on Facebook too, which I love. Um, so with um, we are still in, currently in lockdown in the UK and I think the question I really want to know is that what do you think is next for the film and entertainment industry? Well, it's going through so much change right now and it's change that would have happened anyway. So it's not that it's happened because of COVID, it's just happened a lot faster because of COVID. But what we're seeing is what's called the windows are completely coming down and crashing. So the windows were traditionally uh, movie would open and then uh, six weeks later, it would go to home events. And then a few more weeks later, it would then go on to other platforms and then television and OTT. Um, now it's day and date. So with Wonder Woman 84, for example, Warner Brothers in the US put that out on their streamer. And then it was also seen in selected cinemas where it could play. Obviously, it's really touch and go right now. Yeah. Um, so you're going to see more of that. that. That's not new. That was always a plan. That was always the way the film industry was going to work. So you're seeing um, just this disruption happening because of COVID, but it it was a, a disruption that was due to happen. It happens all the time. There's cycles all the time. I remember when VHS came out and everybody was like, oh, this is going to destroy the film industry because everyone's just going to stay at home and watch yeah. VHS. And it actually did the opposite. It reminded people how much they love movies, how great movies are. And um, the first year where everyone kind of owned a VHS player, 1984, um, was one of the best film going years ever for people going out to movies. I think the experience, if you've seen a Marvel film or DC film or something spectacular, you can't see that on a small screen you can't honestly there's some movies that are just saved for the widescreen and it's just about the yeah. experience of seeing it in the widescreen it's so much different than watching it from home yeah absolutely and even some documentaries you know you really need to see on the big screen um like the one last year with alex boltel you know where he climbed the devil's devil's uh face was it 
um, you know, the documentary about the climber. Do you know what um, The name come to me in a, a second. I'm going to Google that. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, but that, I mean, I saw that at the IMAX, and I would. Oh, I got that. Any, that was amazing. Yeah, don't don't watch that on the documentary because at the IMAX we were literally on the edge of our seats. We knew the outcome. We know he survives. We know he doesn't fall off in his uh, free solo climb, but um, still at the edge of your seat. It was phenomenal. The IMAX took you there. Yeah, I think I think what was the I think I watched the movie. What was that? The IMAX. I'm trying to remember the name of the movie that I went with a colleague. It was about the hot air. It was about the hot air balloon, and I think honestly. Oh. What was it called? I got you those tickets. Yeah, you did. Thank God you did. Yeah. I enjoyed myself yeah. so much. And I think it's just seeing it on widescreen, it just made me, it's like the edge of your seat moments. Like, oh my gosh, like, how is this going to turn out? And it was just so like in your face. And it made you realize that, wow, like this is like two characters trusting each other to find information that no one's ever seen before and come back down. I don't remember the name of the movie though. It's literally skipped my mind. And only the cinema can deliver that experience. Yes, it really can. Yeah. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and joining us on my podcast, the She Plans the Future podcast. But before um, we end this podcast, I really want people to know where they, where they can find you. So are you on Twitter? Are you on Instagram? And if you are, you can actually share your socials. I'm even on TikTok, so you can follow me on yes, Denise. <laughs> yeah, my four kind of crazy videos um, I've done on that. But um, yeah, so on Twitter, you can follow me at Denise Vancouver. So that's capital D-E-N-I-S-E and then capital V-A-N-C-U-V-E-R. So at Denise Vancouver and then at Den Parkinson on Instagram and Facebook, Denise Parkinson and LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, and if you're interested in seeing my four videos on TikTok, Den Parkinson on TikTok. Yes, I'm going to follow you now <laughs> and have a look as well. Um, but thank you so much for joining us again. And we are the She Plans Her Future podcast. We are on social media as well. Don't forget to follow our socials at She Plans Her Future and check out the She Plans Her Future website. It's sheplansherfuture.com where you can actually download a free cash flow forecast for your business to help manage your finances. But thank you guys for tuning in to another episode and I shall see you in the next one. Bye guys.